coastline, nearly perpetual fog and mist, daylight a gray monotone, nighttime a damp chill, beaches of coarse sand, dark and sharp, with jumbled rocks covered in slippery kelp, populated with skittering crabs, small fish, An isthmus juts out into the sea, steeply cliffed, with a small cabin on the narrow overlook on the farthest point, with waves violently performing the slow erosion of the rocks below. The waves smash and crash, and up at the cabin, the wind howls endlessly. Whomever thought to build a living space there, at the most inhospitable place in an environment of unending discomfort, had a mean, almost sadistic bent. And yet, it is there to which I toil every day. After sleeping fitfully, I finally rouse myself to action, braving the infernal cold and random drafts not so much a rising to the day as fighting to keep from giving in to a catatonic depression buried in a jumble of thin blankets barely protecting from the infernal cold doing nothing to tame that howl of the wind. It is almost painful to pad around on the rough floor, definitely overwhelming to dress, nearly impossible to face the fact of another crushingly fog-bound day. Nearly impossible, but not totally so. I do eventually overcome the reluctance to adhere to the routine, aided by a breakfast of hardtack and bottled tea warmed over a stove, inadequate to the task. Bundled up like a child embarking on an adventure in the snow, I trudge along a trail, narrowed by seaside shrubbery, damp, slippery, a threat at those points where the trail skirts the edge of the cliff, before a steep descent to the shoreline. I spend each day as if I had a reason, a plan, a goal. False imagery for the invisible ghosts who I know watch me closely. I put on a show of gathering driftwood, 
looking for seashells, scrambling over the rocks to explore tide pools that actually contain little of interest. A monotonous catalog of a narrow band of life forms, and of course, the icy water that sometimes mischievously attacks with a sudden spray from an errant surprise surge. It is only theater, a repetitious farce. I have no reason, no plan, no goal. And the damp fog, the chilling mist, the ever-present wind conspire to wear away whatever will I might have had or might be able to muster. I have the feeling that just down the shore, or just over a set of hills unseen in the fog, somewhere nearby there is a cozy and welcoming village. Perhaps a town devoted to fishing, boating. That is a feeling, not a fact. And I have no real reason to believe that to be true. Perhaps it is only my desire for some warmth, quiet, some companionship that causes me to imagine thus, a dream, a lust. Oh, I can see it, a restaurant, with a separate room having a bar, filled with cheerful people, crowded in, perhaps a local group of musicians performing, so crowded it is stuffy and warm, convivial. Thoughts such as these become daydreams, overtake my consciousness. I lose myself in the experience of being there and not here. But inevitably, I slip on a particularly slick patch of seaweed on a smooth stone where I am drenched by one of those errant waves or otherwise am forced back to the here once again wrapped in a damp mist, or maybe on a good day, not a mist, but only a featureless overcast sky that allows for a more expansive depth of vision. I can see how endless it is that there appears to be nothing but more, more gray, more coarse black sand, more monotonous tide pools more of the damp coldness and breeze that cuts through clothing like a sharp and terrible knife. It is odd that I am here at the bidding of a well-meaning soul who extended a great courtesy by allowing my access to a long vacant family holding, a seaside property, away from the hustle and bustle of the city a respite from the pressures of work and life itself with its chores and irritations. This was billed as a pleasant oasis, 
a seaside retreat. Obvious my benefactor had not visited of late, perhaps only remembering childhood days exploring the beach and the tide pools, sheltered from the dreariness and draining cold by long-suffering parents, taking the brunt of the assault on the senses for the sake of the children, who then remember only a giggling frolic and a joyous family vacation. After my days on the beach, I trudge back to the cabin, where a store of dehydrated rations are protected from the scurrying vermin in a secure locker. I was warned to bring my own fresh water and thus have the pleasure of being able to douse the dehydrated meals with water made just a nudge over lukewarm over the wood-burning stove having no wood but the occasional driftwood dragged up from the beach, but mostly just twigs and scraps of shrubbery. The result is differently flavored semi-rehydrated underwarmed bowls of variously flavored and otherwise unidentifiable food substances, crunchy and rapidly cooling in the drafty cabin. I retire as the sun goes down every day, unable to stay warm anyway but under the pile of thin blankets, laying on a lumpy mattress, attempting to read by the light of a flashlight dimmer each night. If it were later, I would welcome sleep, fitful though it be, between the cold drafts inside and the noise of the howling wind outside. But as it is, sleep doesn't come, and I read and reread the same pages over and over, my mind numbed into a grayness similar to the fog and mist that reigns supreme in this cold and lonely place. The bustle and stress of real life seems as a vacation, and the gift of this icy sea is a lesson in the futility of escape. Thank <laughs> you.